Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. I, I was uh, reading a story about this old-time preacher. He was kind of a country church just kind of like this, and they had the windows open and had the doors open, and he was preaching about feeding the poor and how we need to have a heart for the poor. We need to be feeding the poor. And about that time, here comes a chicken and a pig, kind of like a, we have a cat and, and, and a squirrel that come to join our church every once in a while. Here comes this chicken and this pig, and the chicken and the pig are sitting there listening, and they're hearing that old-time preacher preach about feeding the poor. And that chicken says, I have an idea to his friend the pig. He says, I have an idea. What well, we need to feed the poor, we need to take care of the poor, we need to feed them a ham and an egg breakfast. That will be what we need to do to feed the poor. And, and that, that old pig says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, now, hold on here. He goes, for you it's just a small contribution, but for me it's total dedication. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Well, that's, how, that's how some people do you at church, you know. What we need to do is let you go do that, yeah. Dedicate your body to the sacrifice of the poor. A ham and egg breakfast. All right, look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. Ho, ho, ho. I know somebody else says ho, ho. Do y'all know somebody else who says ho, ho? It's around about this time of year and about a month from now. He knows everything. You, he knows you've been good or bad. He lives up at the north. Yeah. Frosty is snowman. Somebody's mimicking God. Somebody's mimicking God. Oh, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. This morning I want to preach about thankfulness. And I want to preach on some things I'm thankful for. And we're going to go through these scriptures together. And I think you're going to find some things you can be thankful for. Because this time of year, people talk about, oh, it's Thanksgiving. We need to be thankful. But for a Christian, guys, for a Christian, listen to me. For a Christian, Thanksgiving is not one Thursday out of a year. For a Christian, Thanksgiving is 365 days a year. Amen. We have so much to be thankful for to the Lord. And if you, if you know your Bible and you study your Bible, people always say, what's the will of God in my life? What's the will of God in my life? Well, the Bible says, and the Bible says that to be thankful, that be thankful to the Lord. This is the will of God for you in your life, to thank, be thankful to the Lord. So the main thing the Lord wants you to do is to be thankful to Him. So we're going to look at that this morning and see what we can, the things we can do, to be th what things we can be thankful for and what we should be thankful for. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your grace and mercy in our lives, Lord God. And Father, I'm just thankful, Lord God, that you saved me, that you put up with me, Lord God. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that uh, you give me salvation in Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit will move among us, leading God and directing us this morning. Father, I pray, Lord God, to be like holy manna. Send your holy manna down, Lord God, just like we got through singing about, Lord God, that your holy manna would come down, Father, and we could feast off of it. And know it's coming from you, Lord God, not from man. And Lord, I pray, Father, that uh, you would bless the people that aren't able to make it out here this morning, Lord God, wherever they might be on the highways and the byways, Lord God, I pray, Father, you bless them, Lord. And Father, I just thank you, Father for your book and for your word. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. Man, we got a lot to be thankful for. And uh, looking at Isaiah uh, chapter 55, Isaiah 55 verse 1, the first thing I want to point out that I'm thankful for, that I'm saved and that I got invited. Amen. I got invited. See there it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. I'm, th I'm just, guys, I'm just in here this morning thankful that I got invited. Amen. God did not have to invite me. As a matter of fact, if he was doing the right thing, he would not have invited me. I'm a troublemaker. I'm a complainer. I'm a whiner. I'm a gripper. I'm a complainer. I mean, you're not getting a good deal with me. I mean, when you're around me, eventually I'm going to complain and gripe. I was just this morning talking to a family in here, and I was talking about something about work and everything. I said, oh, so all of this stuff that was good about work, and then I said, you know, and I still complain about it. That's just me. I'm just a whiner or a complainer. It's always, the glass is always half empty. Uh, Murphy's Law, if it's, something bad can happen, it's going to happen. And God should never, but he did. He invited me. Amen. And I'm thankful. Hey, I've lived, I've lived in this world enough where people have been invited to different functions, different gatherings, and I wasn't invited. 
you, that happens all the time when you're in high school, right? They'll, they'll have a party or they'll have a birthday party, and you can only invite so many kids to a birthday party, and you don't get the invite. The popular kids get the invite. Well, God's not like that. He invited me, and I shouldn't be. You know what? He invited you, <laughs> and I'm thankful for that. And he invited everyone. Everyone's invited to this. Everyone. He says, come. Come ye to the waters, and he hath no money. Come ye and buy. Come on. Let's go. All through the scriptures, God is always saying all men. He's willing that all men come to repentance. He's willing that all men get saved. He come, oh, he's calling everybody. I love that word all. All, A-L-L. -L. That means everyone. Come on, let's go. Look at verse 5. Skip down to verse 5. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Nations that knew thee not. All nations. You're invited. It doesn't matter what race you are, what nationality you are, what creed you are. You're invited. Thank God we're all invited. Amen. I'm glad we're invited. Look at, uh, look at verse 1 again. Look at verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye. The next thing I'm thankful for is that salvation is free. Amen. That's what I'm thankful for. I, I'm, look, look, let's look at these words here. And he hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Praise the Lord. I'm so thankful that salvation is free and I don't have to have money in my back pocket to pay for it. Amen. Are you in a religion that's making you pay? Are you in a religion that's saying you've got to do this, you've got to tithe, you've got to do this, you've got to pay for the candles, you've got to pay the priest to do this, you've got to pay the priest to do that? Are you in that kind of religion? Can I go so far as to say that's not my God? Because my God said it's free. Well, well, free isn't always free, brother. Yeah, you're right. I live in this world just like, I know, I know what you're saying. You drive, you, you go into a store and you'll see a big old sign, free pair of shoes. Oh, look, it's a free pair. And then you'll see up there that little asterisk. <laughs> you're like, oh, man. So you walk up there to that big sign and you look at it. It says, free pair of shoes. When you buy two shoes, you know, in the little, small, fine print. There's very little in this world that's free. But with God, it's free. And let me tell you something about God. When he says free, he doesn't put an asterisk next to it. So God goes so far as to say, it's free. Look at, look at the verse 55. No money. I don't have any money. Well, you don't have to have money. It's no money. Amen. Look at the, at the end of verse uh, 1 of chapter 55. Without money and without price. Amen. Amen. Salvation is free. It's, it's given to you free by Jesus Christ. It's a free gift of eternal life. And all you got to do is come down and take it. Yeah. That's right. All you got to do is come and take it. It's a free gift. The problem is people don't want to come down and take it. They want to keep living their life. And they think, they, if I go and take this free gift, then I'll have to do this and I'll have to stop doing that. And God's like, just here it is right here. It's free. Just come and take it. Just, just come and take it. It's free. You don't have to pay for it. It's without price. You're invited to this feast. You're invited to eat. You're invited to come drink. Come on. And you say, well, uh, I, I would go, but I don't have any money. You don't need any money. You say, well, I would go to this feast, but uh, I don't have the right kind of clothes. God will provide you the robe. Amen. That's right. Just come as you are. Just come at, well, I'm, I, I want to get saved, Pastor, but I'm waiting till I quit smoking or I quit, quit drinking or I quit, quit cussing or I, I'm, I'm going to stop doing this and I'm going to stop doing that. You'll never stop. Amen. If you're waiting to stop before you get saved, the devil will make sure you'll never stop. Amen. Let me give you the best advice I can give you as, as a preacher and knowing the Word of God. You just come down the best ability you have just as you are and let God clean you up. Amen. God will clean you up. When I first got saved, I was miserable and a wretch. It didn't dress right. There was nothing right about me when I got saved. I just got saved because I heard the preacher preach about hell, and I knew I was a sinner, and that, I knew that's where I'm going to go. And I said, you know, I don't want to go to hell. And I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm going to, and, that's, and Jesus Christ, I could feel the Holy Spirit move on me. I didn't know what that was at the time, but I could feel this funny feeling inside, you know. I said, I want to get saved. And I walked down the aisle, and before I got down the aisle, I was saved. 
And I walked down the aisle and I put my hand in Brother Packer's hand. I said, uh, Brother Packer, I want to get saved. I was saved. See, my life was changed. I remember driving home with my, I, I was a young man, didn't even have a car at the time. And I was driving, I was about 17. I was driving home with my mom. I was in the car. And I'll never, it's like it was yesterday. I felt so good. It felt, I felt so clean. I felt so relieved. It's like this show, this burden was lifted off of me. I didn't have to pay for it. I didn't go down and say, here's, here's $20, and then will you please ask the Lord to save me, Pastor? I didn't have to pay for anything. I, didn't, the Lord, I knew the Lord didn't expect anything out of me. I just went down and grabbed that free gift and praise the Lord. He gave it to me. It's a free gift. It's grace. It's unmerited. I don't have to earn it. I'm not going to be able to work for it. He's not going to say, hey, come on in. I'll let you eat over here, and then you're going to wash the dishes after I'm done here. You know, some of us, I'd get into heaven that way. Whatever you want me to do, Lord. The Lord says, no, no. I want to give it to you. Amen. It's grace, and I want you just to have it. Amen. You know what happens when God does that? Because God's very wise. When God does something like that, that, that makes us have to give him all the glory. Amen. That makes him, us give him all the praise. That's why we were talking about in Sunday school this morning. When some of us get our crowns, and I'm, I'm praying the Lord we'll get crowns in here. And when we get our crowns, oh, man, I can't wait to give them back to him. Just say, Lord, you're so worthy. And just, man, there's going to be a lot of tears of joy shed when we get around Jesus Christ. I can't wait. Can't wait. You know, we've been preaching, and uh, some of us uh, up in our 80s have been hearing about Jesus Christ, looking for Jesus Christ. We haven't seen Jesus Christ, but there's coming a day we will see Jesus Christ. I want to see this man I've been preaching about. I want to put put my, my eyes on his face. I want to see his glory. I want, to see the, I want to see the Son of God. Amen. I want to see this man that was willing to die for me, that loved me enough to shed his blood for me, that loves me enough to put up with me, Amen. that says, you know what, I want it to be free. If you're poor, and I grew up kind of a poor way, if you're poor, if you don't have a lot, don't worry about it, just come on. Just come. That's what the Lord says there in verse 1. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. Are you thirsty this morning? Are you thirsty for something? You say, man, I just, I, I tried this and I can't quench this. I've tried that. I've tried drugs. I've tried alcohol. I've tried uh, sleeping around. I've tried uh, uh, entertainment. I've tried music. I've tried honky-tonk. I've tried everything in my life and I can't scratch this issue. There's something. I, I'm just still thirsty. Let me, let me offer to you this cool, tall glass of drink called Jesus Christ. Amen. The living water. Jesus Christ said, if you'll take a drink of me, you'll never thirst again. And I can tell you as a testimony, uh, since I've received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I haven't been a good Christian. I'll be the first to tell you, I wasn't living right for the Lord, but I never, ever thirsted for anything else. Amen. In, in a sense that, oh, well, I'm going to go try Buddhism now, or I want to go try this, or I want to go try that. I, I knew I had it. <laughs> and when I was living in the world, and live, I knew what I was doing was wrong. But I never doubted that Jesus Christ was the way, the truth, and the life. And that he was my Savior. I never doubted. And I'm thankful for the See, I'm telling you all this. I have a lot to be thankful for. We have a lot to be thankful for in this church. We have a lot to be thankful for. Look at verse 2. Wherefore do, you, do, do ye spend money for that which is not bread? And you, your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat, eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. It says there in verse 2, for that which is not bread. Do you know that Jesus Christ said, I am the living bread? Do you know Jesus Christ went on to say, I am that bread of life? You're working for something, you work, in your, work all day long, work all week long, work, and you work, 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 and you're like, man, I'm just not satisfied, I'm working for this piece of bread, it's not satisfying me. Jesus Christ says, I'm that bread. I'm the bread of life. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor, your labor for that which satisfieth not? You're never going to be satisfied. I can say this morning that, I, like I said, my testimony is I'm not a very good Christian, but I can tell you this testimony, that I am satisfied in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm satisfied that when I take my last breath, I'm going to heaven. Nobody can know that for sure, Pastor. I know, and I'm satisfied that when I die, my soul is took care of, not by me. It's took care of by my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm putting my trust in Him. And I've got such grace and peace 
and, and joy in that, and I cannot explain it to you unless you have the same thing I have, which is I know I'm going to heaven no matter what happens. Amen. No matter who or what happens to me, where, where it goes, I know I'm going to heaven. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. I'm very, very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the very last thing he says here. And eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fat, fatness. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ is just so good and a delight. Amen. I'll amen myself. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ is good and a delight. Do y'all realize that God could have said, I am going to make this man the way, the truth, and the life. And this man come down and this man be a total jerk. Instead of Jesus, he could have gave us a, pick a name. Raphael, Ralph, Keegan. That's a good one. I could have been the Savior. Can you imagine that? I want that guy right there, you know. And here, I'm the biggest jerk in the world. Jesus is always good. Amen. <laughs> Jesus has always been good Amen. to me and a delight. When my life has fell apart and things haven't gone right in my life, I've never said, oh, Jesus is bad. Jesus, you know, no, I know what's going on. I'm like, I need to get back right with Jesus. I need to get back into church. I need to start serving the Lord better. I need to get closer to God. I always know what the problem is, is I've gotten away from his goodness, from his delight. And I've tried to get my delight and goodness in the world, and I start wandering around because the world, you know, the bright lights of the world, and the devil makes it so tempting, and we get out from the world, and we're like, man, that looks so fun. I see these people having fun in that, and it looks like they're having a great, it's great joy in that. And I said, well, I'm going to go try some of that for a while, and I leave the side of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and I wander out in the world, and I start looking at all, and then it starts, I start getting miserable. And it never is what the world shows it to be. Never. You turn on the TV and you see a commercial for beer and they got these men that, that you know, they got six-pack abs and they got these women, beautiful women, skinny, and they're playing volleyball and it's Miller time and they're looking so wonderful and so great. And there's, it's not like that, guys. The men I know drink, they got these big old beer bellies, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, they're drinking so much, they're drunk, they're going there and they're slapping their wife and slapping their kid and they're, they're hanging out on the toilets after they've been drunk all night long and they never show that in the commercials. It's Miller time, you know, never show that. Never show a man, I know a man that lost his job, he did drinking, the drinking, he lost his job. They never show that. They never show that. They, that's not a delight. That's not good. But I'm here to tell you the opposite of that is Jesus Christ. He's always good. He's always a delight. And I can tell you something else about Jesus Christ. As my Lord and my Savior, He's my King and I've been following Him. He's never once embarrassed me. Amen. I've embarrassed people. I've embarrassed my wife a lot. I know she's like, oh, please, shut up. Don't say anything else. And I know me and Ronnie were out there. We were doing that. We had that, we, we had that festival. Me and Ronnie were at that festival. And, and we were handing out tracts. The whole church was there. And Ronnie and I was over there, and we were talking to a guy. And that guy kind of popped off to me a little bit. He was just saying, hey, I don't want y'all standing over here and this, that, and other. And boy, that stirred me up the wrong way. And I jumped on that guy. I said, it's because you, you don't believe in Jesus. And I jumped on that guy like a rooster on a June bug. And I turned over and looked at Ronnie. And Ronnie's face was red. And I said, oh, no. I've embarrassed the whole church, the whole church family. I've embarrassed them because of my temper. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, Ronnie, and I kind of apologize. I probably shouldn't have said that. Yeah, yeah, brother. I mean, he got to straighten me out a little bit. Hey, I will embarrass you. Give me a chance. I've got a, I've got a mouth on me. I will embarrass you. Jesus Christ is never embarrassed, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I can, I can, I, I'm thankful that I can stand here, stand up here in all honesty and say, this man, Jesus Christ, I can recommend him and I have no worries about him taking care of you. Amen. I can recommend this, this man, Jesus Christ, and he's going to take care of you. He's going to be good to you. He's going to be a delight. I have no worries about that. Amen. But can you imagine, imagine being a Muslim? Being a Muslim and saying, oh, I love Muhammad and I love Allah. And you get the Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad, and then you start studying him. You find out that Muhammad had a nine-year-old wife, a nine-year-old wife that he consummated the marriage with? When you, as a Muslim, I know, I'm speaking for myself, I'm not a Muslim, but as a Muslim, I think I would feel a little embarrassed. Like, mm, I'm kind of embarrassed, but I don't want people to know about that. So, you know, if they, if they start talking about that, I think I'll blow them up and kill them. 
That's why nobody blows up people for Jesus Christ. He's not embarrassing nobody. There's nothing embarrassing about Jesus Christ. I want you to dig into the man. I want you to look into Jesus Christ. Look into his past. Look into the future. Look into everything you want to know about Jesus Christ. I promise you, you'll come back and you'll say, I find no fault with this man. That's what you're going to say like Pilate. Pilate put him on trial. Pilate questioned him. Pilate talked to him. Pilate had everybody witnessing against him. Everybody was trying to convict this man. And Pilate walked out and Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. Pilate wasn't a Christian. Pilate was probably a known atheist. He said, I find no fault in this man. When they were going to arrest Jesus, they sent the, the temple police to go arrest Jesus. They sent, the, sent them to arrest Jesus. Well, the temple police came back, and they didn't have Jesus with them. And the priest said, where's Jesus? And the, and, the, and the temple police, they only had one thing to say. They said, never a man spake like this man. Never a man spake like this man. What happened? They went over there to arrest Jesus and started listening to him. They're like, hey. And the word of God started moving on them. Like, We're not going to arrest him. Let's see. Come on back. <laughs> Never a man spake like this man. I'm going to tell you something. If you're, if you're an atheist or you're somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus Christ, don't investigate him. Don't. Because <laughs> if you do, you'll have no choice but to say, this is truly the Son of God. When Jesus Christ hung on the cross and he was bleeding and dying for a lost and dying world, the, the Roman soldier that was there with the spear, he said, this surely was the Son of God. Amen. When he first felt the earthquake and it got dark and this is the Son. You will come to a conclusion. Every man I've seen, be it uh, Lee Strobel, be it uh, J. Frank of Warner Wallace, if you just name these men, these great intelligent men that say, I don't believe in God, there is no resurrection. And they say, well, I'm going to investigate it and I'm going to prove my wife wrong. Oh, yeah? Go ahead, investigate it. And they went and investigated Jesus Christ. You know what they came back and said to their wives? It's true. And they got down on their knees and they received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Don't do it, atheist. Don't do it, non-believer, because if you do, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to, and this is the decision you're going to have to make. I'm either going to have to make, make, admit that he was the son of God, or I'm going to have to deny it and live a lie the rest of my life as I go down into hell. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to say, Jesus was who he said he was. He proved it. Or you're going to have to say, I'm going to deny it and, 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 and just lie about it and not admit it and be willfully ignorant and you're going to go yourself right down into hell. And you're going to live a miserable life because the whole time the Holy Spirit's going to be convicting you. He's real. He's real. He's real. That's why people don't like preaching. Because the Holy Spirit moves and convicts people. Tells you the truth. I can say a thing in this church and it'll have half this church say, Amen. And there's, and there's people that'll be listening on Facebook and they'll say, I want to kill them. Well, what's the difference? It's the truth. Some people don't like the truth. Amen. Amen, it just is. But I'm thankful that the Lord is a good, a good, and a delight. Verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me. Here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of God. Amen. Amen. No, the next thing I'm thankful for about uh, the salvation in Jesus Christ, the next thing I'm thankful for is that it's everlasting. It's everlasting covenant. It's not just for a little while. If Jesus Christ saved me for just this world right now, I wouldn't do it. And Paul went on to say, Paul said in Corinthians, he said, If Jesus Christ is for this world only, we are men most miserable. In other words, we're living, this, we're living through temptation, trying to keep our flesh down, trying to not do what the world does, trying to live for the Lord, and we're doing it for nothing. Christ is not for this world right here. He's for the world to come. Amen. The everlasting life. Eternal life. This water doesn't just quench you down on this earth right here. This water will quench you for the rest of eternity. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful that it's everlasting life. I'm thankful that when God talked about Abraham and Jacob, and, and Isaac and Jacob, when, when God said, I am a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he said, God said, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He says, he, he said, Abraham's alive, and Isaac's alive, and Jacob's alive. Jesus Christ said, God is not the God of the dead. God is the God of the living. That's what Jesus said. Listen, when I'm preaching this morning, I know for beyond a shadow of a doubt, I'm going to heaven, and that's where my mother's at, and I'm going to get to see her again. 
My mother went on to be with the Lord way back in the early 90s. She's gone in this world. But she had believed in Jesus Christ. She had received Jesus Christ, her Lord and Savior. And when she took her last breath, the Lord had come down and has got her. And one day I will see her again, and I'm very thankful for that. It's everlasting life. It's an everlasting covenant. And the Lord says in verse 3, incline your ear and come unto me. Here. Stop being stiff-necked. Stop being like those monkeys. You know, you hear not, you speak no evil, you hear no evil. You speak no evil. That's, that's the world. I don't want to hear it. I don't want you talking about it. I don't want to see it. And the Lord's do, all the Lord's doing is trying to take people's hands and rip them off their face. Say, now look at this. Rip off the ears. Now hear this. That people can't take it. The world can't take it. And we're going to keep preaching it. Amen. We're going to keep preaching it. Verse 4. Behold. Behold, I've given him for a witness to the people, a leader and commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Talking about David and the sure mercies of David and what he's going to do for Israel and he's going to do for us. Listen, the sure mercies of David is that Jesus Christ is going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem. But really, for a Christian, the sure mercies of David are found in Romans chapter 4. Well, what's that, Pastor? Where David said, Blessed is he who the Lord does not, not, uh, does not impart iniquity. In other words, he doesn't hold you accountable for your iniquity. He departs your sins. He said, Blessed is a man who doesn't have to work, but still his sins are pardoned. That's that free. Now look at verse 6. i got something else to be thankful for. Verse 6. And... Verse 7, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. That's repentance. The Lord says, seek. The Lord's here this morning. The Lord's moving this morning. Let's get after it. Let's seek him. See, I've had so many people. And I can see the Holy Spirit come down and move on them. And we give an invitation, and they hold fast. I don't. The whole fast, and they don't want to move. And I don't know what's going on in the heart. Maybe they're thinking, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go down when there's not so many people. I'm gonna, I'll get saved when uh, my mom and dad's here, or my wife or husband, or what, I'll get saved. This, whatever it might be, I see it. I've seen it work on men's hearts. Amen. And then they go away, and then I never see them again. And the Bible says, "The Lord says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found." You know what that implies? There's going to come a time you're not going to find him. It's going to be too late. I don't know when that might be in your life, but it'll be too late. Call upon him when, while he is near. The Lord's walking near you this morning. If you're listening to me or you're in here this morning, the Lord is walking near. And I'm going to tell you something about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not walking near me. I'm already part of the family of God. He's walking, he's walking near the lost sheep. He cares about you. If you're not one of his flock, he's with you. He's right there with you. That's who the Lord's talking to here in verses 6 and 7. He's talking to people that don't know him. He's not talking to the righteous. He's not talking to the saved. He's talking to the lost. He loves you. He cares for you. He's inviting you. He doesn't have to. And I'm thankful that he does anyway. Amen. I mean, we got a God that there's all these things that God doesn't have to do. And we take advantage of it. And we don't realize, you know, God doesn't have to save us. God doesn't have to invite us. God doesn't have to keep seeking us. God doesn't have to keep using the Holy Spirit to convict us. God could just say, you know what, I'm done with them. One time, that's it. Boom. How many of, how many in here, how many of us in here got saved the first time we heard the gospel? There's not a one of us. It took us being in church, maybe somebody witnessed to us, and then somebody else witnessed to us, and then finally there's a convicting spirit. The Lord doesn't give up on us, and I'm very thankful for that. Amen. And I'm very, So keep praying. You got lost loved ones? Keep praying. I'm thankful the Lord keeps working on them. Verse 7, let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, look at this, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That's our God. That's my Savior, Jesus Christ. He doesn't pardon the wicked. He abundantly pardons the wicked. Man, the world don't like that. He doesn't pardon the wicked. He abundantly pardons the wicked. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Murderers? Adulterers? No. They don't get to go to heaven. Murderers and adulterers. 
If you'll receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God will save you and get you a place in heaven. I don't believe God would do that. The sure mercies of David. Do you know the story of David? The sure mercies of David. What was David? He was a murderer. And before that, he was an adulterer. And God says, I'm going to wipe it clean. Now David's life, his life he lived on this earth, he paid for it in many ways. But as far as between him and God, everything's all right. If you're a Christian and you're living wickedly today, you will pay for it. God's not mocked. But as far as your salvation goes, you still got a place in heaven, but you're going to pay for it right down here. And I've seen Christians do it. But our God, does, and I'm thankful our God is a, is a pardoner, and for he will abundantly pardon. He pardons the wicked. Man, let the wicked forsake his way, for he will abundantly pardon you know, I was reading a story about this. This was back like in the 30s, I think. But there was a story of a prisoner that the, 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 the warden came in and the warden had a big assembly for the prison house and all the prisoners were in the prison house and the warden came in and he, he came in and he had, this, he had this note and he said, okay, everybody sit down, everybody get quiet. Everybody, I, got a, I got a message, I got some news here. He goes, John Smith, John Smith right here, the governor has pardoned you. And man, the prison just, whoa, they started cheering, yeah. They were so excited for John Smith, and you're, you're pardoned, son, you're pardoned. And there was a big, so he, and, then, and then the jailer said, okay, everybody line up. Get back in line. Get back to your cells. And now all the prisoners, they got all in line, and John Smith, he stood up and he got right back in line. He's standing in line. And the warden, had, the warden had to go over there and say, hey, John, you're pardoned. You don't belong in that line anymore. You're free to go. So many Christians, they get saved and then they get right back in line with the world, you know. Their head down. You're free. Jesus Christ has set you free. And when Jesus Christ set you free, you are free indeed. Man, thank the Lord. He not only pardons us, He pardons abundantly the wicked, the murderers, the adulterers, the rapists, the child molesters. The, ah, pastor, nope. Nope, nope, nope. The ones that are on their deathbed, the man that lived the most wicked life you can think of, if he's on his deathbed and he takes Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he will get saved. Amen. No, 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 Pastor. I just can't believe that. I, no, 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 no. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. Well, that's what the Scripture says. I don't know. I don't believe that, Pastor. I don't believe that. I know, I know, I know. I'm the same way. I don't understand it. But the next verses tell us why. Look at verse 8 and 9. I'm thankful that you, me and you are not God. Verse 8, verse 9. Here's what God says. Hey, don't, that's not fair, God, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful that God doesn't think like you and me. Amen. Amen. Goes back to me being the Savior. Me, well, well, can you imagine me being, if God had the, I, the attitude I have? I go into Walmart, and I, my wife, the time she's able to drag me into Walmart, it's like, I don't know, it's like I'm in a war zone, war zone or something like that. And I'm so, got shell-shocked, you know, like looking around, waiting for somebody to come out with a knife and stab me or something like that. And I'm giving dirty looks to everybody, like, stay away from me, stay away from me, you know. People coming in, can you imagine me in Walmart and somebody with their basket comes around there? And I've seen them, my wife will be there, and my wife's so sweet, she's going down there all... And, and, and here comes somebody, boom, hits her and gets her, get, you know, and cuts right in line. And man, my old... My head starts smoking. I, I, you know, if I was God, I'd say, okay, no more heaven for you. No more. You ever watch that, so you ever watch that Seinfeld episode where they had the soup Nazi? And they, 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 they had the best soup in the whole area, in the whole neighborhood. But you had to behave because you went in there and he didn't like it. He said, oh, no, no soup for you. No soup for you. And they're like, oh, no, no, I don't want soup. No soup, get out. No soup for you. And they'd go in there and they'd have to go like this against the wall and they couldn't say anything wrong, or he would say, no soup for you. That's how we would all be if we were God. No heaven for you. <laughs> You're too skinny. You're too ugly. You smell funny. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like, I just don't like you. No heaven for you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's the way we are. Amen. God says, I'm not like you. 
I don't care if you're skinny, you're fat, you're black, you're white, you're Spanish. I don't care if you've been a murderer, a rapist, a child molester. I don't care what you've done in your life. I will abundantly pardon you. I will give you the love and grace you need. It'll be, you won't have to pay me. No money without price. You'll have, it'll be a joy and a delight for you. Come on. That's a gospel message. That's why I got saved. Because when I sit in the back of that church and I heard that preacher preaching, I said, I'm a sinner. And I need to be clean. And if I have to stand before a holy God, I'm doomed and damned to a devil's hell. I need some help. And the preacher preached on hell, and then he said, but I got some good news for you. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was buried. He came up on the third day. That proves that he is who he is. He says he is. He resurrected, and he's living forever at the right hand of God. He wants to save you. Will you take his salvation? He says, just come and just believe on him, and you'll be saved. There it is right there. And I went down and got saved. That's it. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways. My ways, saith the Lord. We don't think like God. God don't think like us. And that's a good thing. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You can't think like me, and you're never going to think like me. That's what God just told you right there. So stop trying to outthink God. Why is God doing this? Why did God do that? Why did God do that? You're not going to figure it out. And sometimes it takes me, it took me 20 years past when God done something in somebody's life, and I think, oh, I get it now. And I'm pretty stupid. But God's not going to let me figure it out. Because he says, my ways are higher. I'm not going to take the time to explain it all to you, Keegan. You're too stupid to get it. Just believe. Just understand it. Verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful that we're not wasting our time up here at church. Yeah. I'm thankful that we're not wasting our time preaching this book, uh, reading this book, putting bumper stickers on the car that have this book's words in it, that we're not wasting our time uh, giving out gospel tracts that has this words in it. We're never wasting our time preaching and spreading the word of God. He said, it will not come unto me void. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. When you're doing something for God through his word, it will be fruitful. You might not be able to understand it. You might not be able to see it. Because what did he describe in verse 10? He described rain coming down. Somebody plants seed. Rain comes down. It waters it and it comes up. That sounds simple until you're watching it, waiting for it to come up, Right? You know, when we had kids, we'd take them out there. We're going to plant a garden. And you'd plant a garden, and you'd put, put the seeds in there, and you'd look out there, and you'd look out your back window. I remember looking at my back window, and there was Keegan out there looking at the... <laughs> it's not going to come up that quick. Go play. And you come back two days later. You come back a week. You're looking over there, and they're looking at that. No, that's a weed. That's a weed. That's not, not going to come out. And before long, they forget about it, and all of a sudden, boop, it comes up. That's God's word. See, sometimes we're getting we're preaching and we're preaching and we're teaching and we're, we're, we're studying the Bible and we're reading the Bible and we're doing all those things with the word of God. We put in importance and the authority on the word of God. And you're like, man, pastor, is, is it worth it? Is it? Yes, it's worth it. It's not going to come back void. Amen. It says there in verse 11, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall Prosper the thing whereunto I sent it. See those shells in there? I'm going to teach you something this morning. If you learn anything, learn this. If you ever have to take a test for the state of Texas, this is how they're going to get you. They're going to get you this one way. They're going to use lawyer talk. They're going to put, instead of shall, they're going to put should. And should is different than shall. Should, should is a suggestion. Like if you're taking a driving test, you're a young man or woman in here, and you're going to have to take a driving test, you're going to go take your driving test, they're going to say, you should obey the traffic laws. And you're going to say, oh yeah, yes, yes, true. That's false. Should is a suggestion. You shall obey the traffic laws. Those are two different words. So when, the Bible, when God says in the Bible, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not murder, Thou shalt not, when he's saying those shalls, that's you definitely not going to do it. 
If, if God said, you should not, that's a suggestion. You shouldn't. You shouldn't do it, but, you know. That's the way the world takes it. The world takes it, it should. But it shall. So when God says it shall, it shall, it's the trinity of shalls right there, I'm telling you, friend, it will happen. <laughs> it shall come back. Listen, what, what does this say? Whosoever call, shall, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall, shall be saved. Amen. Not might be saved, could be saved, should be saved, saved shall be saved. Amen. Call on his name. Test me out and see if the Lord doesn't work in your life. I'm thankful that the Word of God is fruitful and that we don't have to worry about things. We just keep doing what we're supposed to be doing and the Lord will prosper. It's in His hands, not ours. We just be faithful. And lastly, I'm going to close here in verses 12 and 13. I'm going to close here. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Woo! Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. That's the millennial kingdom. That's Jesus Christ coming back when the trees are swaying and clapping their hands and all of nature is singing because the creators come over the hill and here comes the creator of the whole universe and they're singing and shouting and shouting for joy. That would be, be me and you too if you're saved. Just shouting. I, I'm going to say closing this. It says there at verse 12, For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. That's the end. And I want to say this, and I, this is the... This, to me, this is the most thankful. I'm the most thankful of this outside of my salvation, of course. I'm thankful that no matter what's happening in our lives, and I know a lot of us in here have lots of different things happening in our lives, but no matter what's happening in a Christian's life, there is a better day coming. Amen. It's right there. Hey, you might be down, you might be hurting, you might be financially hurting, emotionally hurting. I don't know what's going on in your life. I've had all that stuff happen to me in my life at different times, but I'm telling you what, no matter what storm you're going through, it will pass, and there is a better day coming. I can't wait. Jesus Christ is coming back. No matter what the world says, no matter who they think they voted for or didn't vote for or who they want to be ruling the world, and they got all their, they got all their theories who they want to rule the world, it doesn't matter. And I laugh and scoff at them because of the yeah, well, wait till Jesus comes back. Amen. We'll see who's ruling what then. Then you can, you can complain and yeah, we, we got to we gotta go chant, count the chads. Let's, re, let's do a recount and there won't be no recount when a king comes in. <laughs> you don't vote for a king. This king, I'm telling you, this king, he's not, he's not going to come in stuttering, you know, uh, uh, you know. Uh, what did I, what, where's my teleprompter at? You know, this king's going to come in. He's going to have a crown of crowns on him. He's going to have this two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. He's going to be riding on a white stallion. He's going to have written on his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. Nobody will be able to stand between this king. and this king's mouth, he'll be slaying the wicked. Just, be dead. He's going to be incredible. And I'm going to come back with him. And I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait to be coming back with him, man, riding a horse. Let's go, Jesus. Woo! I'm going to get a good, it's going to be like John Wayne coming back. I'm going to be right there behind him. Let's go. Let's go. Woo! Get him, boy. Get him. Get him, Jesus. Get him. The Bible says that when he gets done, the blood is going to run for 200 miles to the horse's bridle. The Bible describes when Jesus come, Christ comes back, it's going to be like the stomping of grapes in a vat. The Bible says Jesus Christ was a lamb, but when he comes back, he's coming back as a lion, yeah. roaring, he's roaring out. The world's not going to be ready for that. Amen. They're going, uh, uh, I want my safe space. Uh, 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 this ain't fair. Uh, 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 would somebody please help me? Uh, uh, uh. There'll be no help. I'm not trying to make fun of you now, but we've got so many, I don't want to say the word, but just weenies in this world. Just, just the softest, most sorry, no good, yellow belly people in this country right now. That they, they're so scared they have to wear a little mask so nobody can see them so they can go hit people with clubs. and Just the, just the so weasley. It won't be like that when Jesus Christ comes back. 
The Bible says they're going to run under the the caves and hide under the rocks and say, hide us from the wrath of the Lamb of God. It's coming. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, that's the side you're on. Like it or not. And I'm here to tell you, with Jesus Christ, it's free. You're invited. You're invited to be a part of this family, and I'm inviting you. I want you to come. I don't care what race you are, what color. I don't care what background you have. Come on. Jesus Christ is the way. Come on. Because if you're on the other side, woe unto you. Woe unto you. And I don't really feel, I don't, I've invited you. The Holy Spirit's invited you. The Holy Spirit's pleaded with you. I've preached it. I've given it to you. Man, the ball's in your court. You're a grown man or woman. Do what you're going to do. But I don't feel sorry for you after this day. You've gotten the truth. You've gotten the truth. What are you going to do with it? Because I can't promise you tomorrow. Just telling it here in the story. God went out. Don't do what he always does. Go out. Let's fight a fire. Let's go out there. They had, a, they had a truck. Had the back of a truck. He gets out. He steps out the back of the truck. There's a power line down. Nobody's seen. Hits that power line. Boom. There he goes. Amen. Time to meet the maker. Time to meet the maker. Amen. The maker's been inviting you and inviting you and inviting you. And some of y'all have said, meh, I don't want to go over that party. That's boring. Yeah, it's going to get pretty exciting when he comes out of that party. Amen. When he comes out of that wedding feast, it's going to be some excitement down here on this earth. Some real excitement. It's called the Battle of Armageddon. That's why nobody wants to read the book of uh, Revelation. It's too exciting. It's too real. Nobody likes it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your grace and mercy, Lord God, Father. And I pray, Lord, if I said something that was displeasing you, Lord God, I, fall, I pray it fall on deaf ears, Lord God. But, Lord, I love you, and I'm just so zealous for you, Father. So thankful for Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful for my salvation. I'm so thankful, Lord, that I'm a wicked sinner, Lord God, and you still invited me. Lord, I came to you the best way I know how, and you saved me, Lord God. And I'm thankful for that to this very day, Lord God. All these years later, Lord God, I can't thank you enough. And, Lord, it just amazes me and perplexes me, Lord God, that people have the same message preached, Lord God, the same Jesus Christ presented to them, Lord, and they just fall on blind eyes and deaf ears, Lord God. They, they don't care. It just amazes me, Lord God. They want to keep living in this world as wicked as it is, as filthy as it is, Lord God. And Father, I know I'm not perfect, Lord. I'm not saying I'm, I'm better than them, Lord. The only difference is, is I took Jesus Christ, Lord. I pray, Father, if they're listening to me, Lord God, wherever they might be, that they would... Come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, Lord God. They might notice it and realize that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, the way, the truth, and the life. And boy, it's always, it's all better. It's all green grass on this side of the fence, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, a blessing on these people, Lord God. I pray, Father, that you'd work in their lives, Lord God. I pray you'd bless them at their jobs, bless them at their homes, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, that they love you, Lord God, and they're just trying to serve you the best way they know how, Lord God. And I pray you bless them for that, Lord. And Father, there's some of the few left in this country, Lord, that love you, Lord God, and they love Jesus Christ, and they're just trying to do what's right, Lord God. And I pray a blessing on them, Lord. And Father, I pray you, your Holy Spirit will move on them, Lord, this, this holiday season, Lord God. Father, and you'd bless them in ways they never expected, Lord God. Father, take care Father, and Lord, you know our heart, Lord. We want Sister Alice to be healed up, Lord God. We pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will come in right now, Lord God, and work on her heart, work on her lungs, Lord God. Do what you're going to do, Father, but Lord, we don't want our will to be done. We want your will to be done, Lord. Father, we love you, Lord. We love you no matter what, Lord, and we know sometimes the ultimate healing is getting to go to heaven, Lord. Father, give us that grace and give us that wisdom. In Jesus Christ, holy name I pray, amen. amen. Let's have an invitation, brother. Hello friends, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3 verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
That's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world. But verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it. And if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, Thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13 he sums it up. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you. And until next time. Casting all your care upon him